Welcome to Ultrasound Gel Podcast. I'm Cray Bolger along with Mike Pratz and Jacob Avila. So this morning we're going to talk about a topic that we haven't seen a whole lot in the literature about. The use of POCUS for discovering regional wall motion abnormalities in the patient with chest pain. So this paper is from the Polish Journal of Radiology in December 2017 titled Echocardiography in the Evaluation of Chest Pain in the Emergency Department. The study was done by a radiologist out of Saudi Arabia. So as emergency medicine physicians and even in the internal medicine clinics, chest pain is a pretty common chief complaint that we encounter. And we have yet to see how point-of-care ultrasound can be applied in this population outside of ruling out other big scary stuff, tamponade, congestive heart failure, PE. But how can it help us in ruling in the ACS patient? And that's what this study really looked at. So they had two questions, can we use it to figure out the cause of acute chest pain, and can we use it to decide if the patient needs to be hospitalized? So Mike, do you want to tell us about this study? Yeah, this study had kind of interesting slash crazy methodology. So they included in their population anybody that presented to the emergency department with chest pain, and it seemed like they were talking about chest pain where they were concerned for an acute MI or at least some sort of ischemic cardiac cause. So they took a prospective cohort of consecutive patients. Everybody that rolled up with chest pain, they tried to enroll. And what they did here was they had a single investigator who did all of these echoes, and that person was blinded to the clinical status of the patient. The primary outcome they were looking at was the accuracy of ultrasound for the final diagnosis. Now, their gold standard was interesting here because they considered whether or not this was a cardiac etiology based on either a positive stress test if they were discharged or based on further imaging if they ended up getting admitted. And they actually made the decision to admit or discharge based on what they found on this echo that they did. All the patients that came in obviously got a history and physical exam, an electrocardiogram, and then they immediately got this echo. They put people into three different groups based on their cardiac risk factors, either high risk where they had greater than three risk factors, moderate risk where they had three, or low risk less than three risk factors. And so what happened with these people is that they would look at this ultrasound, which was pretty comprehensive because they were looking for abnormal wall motion, hypokinesis, or generalized hypokinesis, but they're also looking for causes of non-ischemic heart disease, such as a lot of cardiomyopathy stuff. Some of their findings gets pretty involved, such as measuring the left atrial volume, left atrial fractional shortening. They're looking for systolic anterior motion of the mitral valve for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. They were doing a lot of stuff that is probably outside of the scope of focused echo for most people's practice, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of crazy results and crazy, like, I don't know. Are you getting, like, echoes on all your chest pain patients? Not usually. Yeah. Well, in the land of cancer, yes. So, Jacob, what did they find with, with all this madness? Well, they found some actually pretty impressive numbers. They found that they were able to detect ischemic and or non-ischemic heart diseases in 86.5%. 
in those with high risk and in those with moderate and low risk is 7.6% and 5.9% uh, respectively. So they categorized, they said in their results that the two-dimensional transthoracic echo had a sensitivity of 85.86%, a specificity of 100% with a positive predictive value of 100% for detecting causative chest pain. I mean, if you just look at that results section, you think, oh my God, like this is like the best thing ever for detecting like your uh, ischemic uh, causes of, of chest pain. But when you kind of read the study, I'm not sure how applicable this is. I don't know if this has a lot of external validity. I just can't wait to do an echo and diagnose restrictive pericarditis every time I see a patient with it. Oh my God. Have you guys ever actually seen that? I've, I don't, I think I've seen it once. You mean how many times have I missed it? And <laughs> that we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you. And the there's a couple problems that we're bringing up with this study because we try to focus on point of care articles and this kind of blurs the line there because this was done by a radiologist mm -hmm. and it was the scope of the exam was more of a comprehensive echo where they did a lot of these complicated measurements in Doppler without a seemingly focused question they were trying to answer. Mm -hmm. So Despite that, I think it's still important to realize how ultrasound might be able to help you in the acute care setting in people that are coming in with chest pain, because it is nice to know that it has a pretty high specificity for some of these things. In this case, you know, 100%. I don't know if that would be replicated in someone that had less training or mm -hmm. a different patient population, but it's at least thought-provoking. One of my problems that I had with this was that the gold standards, you know, right. yeah. they ended up out of 250 patients that they enrolled, 80 patients, which were 32% of patients ended up being discharged. Now, all of these patients they discharged were high risk. So they ended up discharging them just because they had a normal ultrasound exam in the emergency department. It turns out that 35% of those discharged ended up having a positive stress test and they called it acute myocardial ischemia based on abnormal ECG and elevated CK. Does that seem like a problem to anyone else? Yeah. That sounds like a lot of lawsuits. Kind of intense. Yeah. Yeah, 30, 35% false negative. That seems worrisome. Yeah, definitely. I think part of it, too, is you have to take into consideration this is not the United States healthcare system or medical legal system. So I think that's a huge take home from how you apply this like not only is this our patient but can we do with our patients and should we be doing with our patients what they're doing with their patients i mean like how many of us are keeping like 24 year old low-risk chest pains for at least two troponins let alone the 60 year old with a soft troponin and 20 risk factors and a heart score of like 900 like I'm, I'm pretty good at echo, but I am not gonna discharge a high risk patient based off of my ultrasound not showing like a regional wall motion abnormality or like restrictive cardiomyopathy. Like I'm definitely getting troponins, and I'm definitely trying to get cardiology to see them. Yeah, and I think that's what we have been saying all along. Like put this into context with your the rest of your knowledge. Mm -hmm. Don't just go based on the ultrasound and say, oh, their ultrasound's normal. I think they can go home use your brain and determine what their risks are for other pathologies. Agreed. In this study, interestingly, they didn't consider some other causes of chest pain. I'm not sure how they 
determined that this was most likely to be cardiac, but you know, they never considered pulmonary embolism. Mm -hmm. They mention a dissection and their ultrasound did include a lot of views of the aorta, but other things like a pneumonia or other findings that we see in some of the dyspnea studies aren't even mentioned. So yeah. who knows if they missed any of those things because their gold standards didn't really include anything except for looking at heart pathology. The other thing is this radiologist is putting himself, I would say, above what cardio the standards cardiology holds themselves to. Like just because you have a normal stress test, not even just a bedside ultrasound, they won't send a high risk patient home, right? If you're symptomatic, if there's risk factors like you go to the cath lab. You don't just right. get an echo and say bye bye. And so I just feel like there w the gold standard in this was silver at best. <laughs> well put. Also, as we that talked about the different population, just realize that the disease prevalence here was almost 80%. So this is a really high risk population that they're doing this in. And so if that's not the population that you're going to apply this to, you got to be careful. So let me try to summarize this study. This was a study that was performed in Saudi Arabia. They ended up having 250 patients in the emergency department with chest pain who they were concerned for an ischemic cause. They ended up having a sensitivity of 85% and a specificity of 100% for cardiac causes found on echo. So that gives a negative likelihood ratio of 0.14 and a positive likelihood ratio of infinity. However, as we discussed, there's a lot of problems with this. This is a very experienced operator. There is a high disease prevalence, and their protocol is a little bit questionable whether that is quite safe for patient care. Mm -hmm. So my take-home <laughs> points are that a echo in the emergency department has the potential to be specific for cardiac diseases, such as acute myocardial ischemia or cardiomyopathy. But I don't think this study really definitively proves that. I think it does help say that echo is probably not sensitive enough to rule out cardiac causes, which is something we probably already knew. So I do thank the authors for investigating this question. It is really interesting. And I thank you for listening. So if you want to hear more about the Ultrasound Gel podcast, go to ultrasoundgel.org. Visit us on Facebook or Google Plus or Talk to us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. That wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs>